From the tailgates to the cheer squads and bands, the pageantry of college football is not confined to the gridiron. And my next guests are here to talk about the stars of the sidelines right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody and we're taking downfield for a touchdown. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays. There goes Davis! Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back! And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Believe in college football legends on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Chris Smith. The NFL season is in full swing, and even though you might not be at the game, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Plus, there's always that online casino as well. The best part about it, it never closes. You can play 24-7. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Names like Lil Red, Brutus, Albie, and the Nittany Lion are staples of college football and university history. Whether they are furry objects or real-life animals, mascots have been ingrained in our game day culture. They excite the fans, crowd surf, or even do some push-ups, but they always liven things up. The mascot is as part of the action as the game itself. That's why I'm excited to have not one, but two special guests on the show, Al Spager, a.k.a. Grandpa Mascot, the Directory of Community Engagement for the Mascot Hall of Fame in Whiting, Indiana. Also, Michelle Gustin, Director of Business Development and Consumer Engagement. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Yeah, we're happy to be on there with you. All right, Al, you've been involved with the Mascot Hall of Fame since 2014 and were the original executive director during the hall's construction phase. So with 40-plus years in the steel industry, how in the world did you land at the Mascot Hall of Fame? Actually, it's a long, convoluted story. I had uh, retired from the steel business on Halloween of 2013, and I had always been real active in the community with United Way and the American Heart Association and cancer and stuff. I also ran an amateur hockey team that I still played on that raised money for those events. But long story short is right after I retired, uh, I got a call from a couple of business associates who said, hey, we're going to build a, uh, a children's museum in northwest Indiana. Would you like to head it up? And it was like a no-brainer conversation. I said, I looked at my wife of like 40 years at the time, and I said, I'm going back to work. She said, doing what? I said, we're going to build a kids museum. I'm going to head it up. I'm going back. Fantastic. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it was fun. And it's been fun for the last seven years. And Michelle, how did you uh, become involved with the Mascot Hall of Fame? And did you give him the nickname Grandpa Mascot? <laughs> I did not. He's had that nickname since I arrived late uh, 2019 in the middle of it. I actually uh, arrived a week before our induction ceremony, our induction weekend for 2019, which was spectacular. Um, I have a theater background, a business background. It seems like a perfect fit. And let me tell you, when you walk into our building, you want to be a part of this place. So um, once I put uh, stepped foot in it, I was in love, and I, I knew that uh, this is where I wanted to be. Also, probably that I was a six-foot 
giant green worm, the Be Cold Bookworm mascot. I did a tour, so I thought, you know, this is where I belong. Oh, you got the experience, too, the good background. And it really is a one-of-a-kind interactive museum. What does the fan experience entail? How much time do you have? (laughs) Fire away. um, Totally interactive. When you come in here, one of the isms I talk about when I um, refer to this place is I say, this is not a place to come and look, it's a place to come and do. So when you step in here, whether you're a child, a, a little older student, a teacher, a parent, a grandparent, very hands-on place, uh, a whole lot of fun, subliminally educational. Um, it's totally hands-on. So you can do nutrition, you can do geography, you can do dance routines, you can do exercise, you can crawl through a tubular climber, you can you can be in our sport court, and that's all. That's about five or six of probably a dozen things to do here. So it's it's a totally interactive place, and the more you want to do, the, the bigger the opportunity it is for you to do it. You know, um, I think, like I said before, when you step into our building, you your, your jaws drop. We have these balloon heads, and I, I want Al to describe it because he does a really great job. That's his happy place, too. Can you tell him about the balloon <laughs> Tell heads? us about your happy place, Al. Sure. You know, we've got what's well, a 25,000 square foot building, Chris, and, wow. and it's wow. yeah, it's only two years old, so it's, it's basically brand new. But it's 25,000 square feet with this gigantic atrium. It's a it's a three story building uh, with a floor to ceiling atrium. And one of the things that when we were constructing the mascot Hall of Fame is we wanted things to be different. So your traditional Hall of Fame has plaques on walls and blazers and stuff like that. In the Mascot Hall of Fame, uh, when you are inducted and then subsequently honored, you get this gigantic inflatable lit head that kind of spins around in the ceiling of the Mascot Hall of Fame. And depending, Chris, upon what time of day you're here, if you're here in the morning, it looks different. If you're here at night, because these heads are fully inflatable, they're spectacularly colored, they're lit if you're here at night, the head hangs on a very, very thin guide wire, so it looks—it literally looks like the heads are floating in the air, and it's absolutely just—it's a, a great visual effect. Yeah, sounds yeah. breathtaking. It is. We are speaking with Al Spager and Michelle Gustin from the Mascot Hall of Fame, where they celebrate the unsung heroes of sports and communities. And speaking of some of those interactive experiences, you can see how it feels to be a mascot and what does it weigh. What is the heaviest mascot costume? The heads are, you know what, the heads are heavier than you probably think they are. That that basically is is the, the big weight in a costume. The costume is generally, you know, they, they laugh about it being a furry experience. The costume usually is kind of like a oversized sweatsuit with some fur, you know, but it's, I mean, it's toasty inside, but the headpiece, Chris is generally kind of has, a, it's got a helmet inside. So it's situated properly on your head. And then the rest of the headpiece sits on your shoulders. We actually have an exhibit in the mascot hall of fame where, where kids can put their heads in there and see what the sensation is. The vision's not that great. Uh, you can basically see straight ahead. So most mascots, when they're out uh, appearing, they have what's called a handler with them, which is a person that gets them from point A to point B to point C. It's a task to be in there. The general rule of thumb is if you're performing as a mascot, you got about 30 minutes in the costume. 
until you get like really toasty and then you got to get someplace where it's cooler and you take a break and you hydrate with water or Gatorade or something like that. Um, the people that are in there are, are, are excellent athletes. They're good performers, but they earn their money. Oh, it sounds like they definitely do. It sounds like you got to be in good, pretty good shape too. And there's an yeah, interactive, absolutely. there's an interactive game called where are they from? So let's test Michelle and Al's knowledge with some of these iconic college football mascots that have been inducted. All right, I'm going to give you the name of the character, and you just tell me what team it is from. Okay, I'm going to start with Brutus. Uh, I'll take that one. I know that. Big Ten, Ohio State. All right, yes, indeed. I love it. It says uh, the species is Nutty Nut, and his uh, date of birth is 1965 from the Big Ten, of course. All right, Michelle, how about Bucky? Bucky the Badger, University of Wisconsin, Big Ten. Nice. Unbelievable. All right. We're two for two right now. All right, uh, Al, how about Little Red? I got to think my way through that. I can picture him. I think he's from the University of Nebraska. Oh, great call. Great call. Let's go with one more, Michelle. Let's let's go for perfect right now. How about Albie? Albie. Auburn University. Auburn. Oh, it was right in there, too. And I was going to throw you a softball, <laughs> Nittany Lion. You have Nittany Lion in there from Penn State, UD from the University of Delaware, and Big Red from Western Kentucky University. Did you say Smokey from University of Tennessee? Oh, I didn't put I didn't put Smokey in there. Oh, yep. see, I left Smokey out on that one. I'm sorry, Smokey. Hope he's not listening. <laughs> you know what? Here's a, here's a factoid for you. The largest individual vote that we've had for a mascot is the Nittany Lion. When, when the Nittany Lion was uh, nominated for election a few years ago, uh, that character got over 100,000 votes. Their alumni went nuts. And the Nittany Lion has set the all, I think it was 104,000, give or take 1,000, but it was... Uh, the all-time leading amount of votes received for a mascot for induction in the Mascot Hall of Fame. Wow, they're going to be pleased there in Happy Valley about that. Let's talk about some mascot moments. What's your favorite moment on the field or arena that a mascot helped create? <laughs> I'll tell you my favorite one. Uh, I think I mentioned earlier in the conversation I'm active in United Way. And I've got this great relationship with the Chicago Blackhawks and the person who is inside the Tommy Hawk character. And I don't know if you're a hockey fan or not, Chris, but the character is just so popular in Chicagoland and, and, and so popular at the Hawk games. It's very, very popular when the character makes an appearance here. Long story short is as a stunt for United Way, I talked to the Hawks and I convinced the person in the character to jump off a bank building. What? Uh, <laughs> the jump, it's called going over the edge and it's a, Literally, it's a repelling event where you stand on the side of a building and you jump, and then the cables catch you, um, and then you rappel down the side of the building. So I don't know. It was like 150 feet. It wasn't, you know, it was 150 feet, but it seemed like 150 miles. Oh, I bet. Yeah, and and so the character and I went off the building and we went down together, and you know I was scared and he wasn't. But long story short is we raised $66,000 for Lake Area and Idaway in Northwest Indiana. That's my absolute favorite character moment. Well, that's fantastic. And Michelle, do you have any memorable moments that may have not been on the playing field? Uh, actually, yes. Um, I want to talk about Blue from the Indianapolis Colts. Um, again, what a, what a great mascot and um, person. 
he does a wonderful, wonderful uh, school uh, visits that he does, uh, an outreach program. And one of his that he does is with the um, anti-bullying. And he does a program where he goes into the schools and actually takes his head off. So it's kind of like unmasking. Oh, wow. So um, yeah, he has a wonderful program. I know a lot of the mascots have these great outreach programs, which can be, you know, anti-bullying. They can do reading programs, um, all kinds of great stuff that they do. Oh, well, that's fantastic. But the blue one, you know, is a real standout for me because I I think that's pretty important, you know, anti-bullying especially now. Yeah, really helping out in the community, it sounds like. And we are speaking with Al Spager, a.k.a. Grandpa Mascot, the Director of Community Engagement, and Michelle Gustin, Director of Business Development and Consumer Engagement, both from the Mascot Hall of Fame, located in Whiting, Indiana, just 30 minutes from downtown Chicago. And take me on a journey a little bit through the history of the mascot. Well, the mascots have been around for a long time, 4,000 B.C. <laughs> when I, when I the caveman. Al <laughs> <laughs> exactly. remember. Yeah. yeah, I was there for, they've evolved. You know, I mean, you, you've got mascots back, honestly, in the Stone Age days, and, and eventually as, as they get into the 20th century and the 21st century, They've evolved and, and they start to, to, to really become popular in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. We just inducted uh, Yuppie this year from, well, it, it, it's kind of a, a, a two-way character. Yuppie, just to give you a little history, started with the Montreal Expos in 1979. Okay. And, and then the Expos eventually get transferred to Washington, D.C. and become the Nationals. But Yuppie... Um, uh, then makes a move to the Canadians in 2005. And so he goes in as kind of half an expo and half a Canadian here. But a lot of your mascots, um, the Philly fanatic, uh, Mr. Met, you're talking 30, 40, 50 years of existence where the Nittany Lions have been in existence since the turn of the 20th century. So a lot of them have, as we say, a lot of whiskers on them. But, but again, it's it's the 20th century that where mascots kind of come to the fore with their either their professional teams or their collegiate organizations. Yeah, and let's get into, uh, you mentioned the induction. What are the rules for election? Rules for election. Well, the first thing, there's certain criteria that you have to meet. The first one that stands out is you have to be a mascot for mm, uh, 10 years or more. Oh, wow. So we have uh, that criteria, which a lot of them do meet, except for like Gritty or uh, I don't think, is it uh, Clark the Cub? He's too young, too. So um, 10 years, you have to be um, do outreach programming. So we want to make sure that, you know, they are a presence in their community. We feel that that's very important. Um, and we also have to see, you know, what, how are they out? rallying their fans. I mean, what do they do? What kind of antics and shenanigans do they um, have expertise in? Is it, you know, shooting uh, t-shirt cannons? Um, Are they doing popcorn throwing, you know, silly string? You know, how do they um, connect with their fans and how their fans feel about them as well? Yeah, sure. And you see them doing push-ups for all the scores and... (laughs) It's amazing. They they get the crowd definitely into it. And what oh place? Oh my gosh, they're, they're ziplining in. They do some 
wacky stuff. <laughs> They're great. Well, after Al said he, he basically leapt off a building, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I could be a mascot, that's for sure. And what takes place during the induction ceremony? Well, we've had two induction ceremonies. One was outdoors and one was virtual this year because of COVID-19. The outdoor one um, consummated with a, a, a big parade down the main street of Whiting, Indiana, uh, the mascots either showed up on their, uh, well, we had four people, we had, we had four characters go in. It was Tommy Hawk, it was Benny the Bull, it was Slugger from the Kansas City Royals and the Nittany Lion. Slugger and the Nittany Lion came down the street in old-time cars. Tommy Hawk and Benny the Bull came down the street on top of their respective uh, club vans. There was a viewing area, we had stands put up, it was a big outdoor ceremony, about 90% of the previously inducted mascots showed up for it. So it was just a real gala event. We had a beautiful weather day that was in the low 70s. And it was just, you know, just a very entertaining day for our guests, for people around the Chicagoland area. This year, we had to do it a little different because of the virus. We did a virtual induction ceremony that was hosted by our, our lead character, and it was it was done on the internet because obviously we could not put people in a position of harm's way to get them in here. So we had to kind of pivot and, and do it a new way, and we pull that off. So two two different years, two different ways. You know, it, it's much more fun in person. Obviously, we're looking forward to the time when we can get back uh, in business when it's safe for all of our patrons and kids and students. Uh, but both events came off well. I, I just obviously prefer the outdoor one. Sure, and it really sounds like a, a family fun, educational, but fun event. Well, you know, we, Michelle hit on that in, in terms of like the community stuff that they do. We've got a, 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 a small theater in the Mascot Hall of Fame called Mascot Moments. And they do two things in there. Uh, there's a couple of uh, films, uh, which actually we're in the process of revising, but one film shows a lot of their performance antics and all of the really spectacular things they can do as performers. The other film goes into what they do in the community. And I just want to reemphasize that point because we're a children's museum, because we've got connections with kids and schools, we want to make sure that the characters that are on display here and the organizations that they represent are top notch. And, and so in the vetting process for someone to become a mascot, we are acutely aware of making sure that those characters that are going to, you know, hang from our ceiling, be displayed from our ceiling, uh, are a great representation of themselves and of the organization they represent. The last thing you need is somebody looking up there going, okay, why is, why is that character up there? We make sure that never happens. We're proud of who we put up there. And we will continue to do that. Sounds fantastic, definitely. And we are speaking with Michelle Gustin and Al Spager from the Mascot Hall of Fame, where they celebrate the unsung heroes of sports and communities. And Al's favorite is the atrium. Michelle, do you have a favorite interactive in the Mascot Hall of Fame? Um, I actually love, well, I love competition. Uh-oh. So <laughs> Battle and Al after this. <laughs> Um, I like where are they from 
that's, you know, our geography, uh, which is fun. But I'm kind of mastering that. But we did add some new ones. So um, if you've been here before, you're going to get a little surprise. Um, we actually added some female mascots in there because I thought that was important. Fantastic. Um, so that, that's fun. But there's another place, too, that I love. It's Mascot Audition. So we have a green screen. And then uh, you can put little costumes on, and then we have a prompter up there, you know, um, prompting you. So that's the theater in me. But uh, I see adults in there all the time, which is hysterical. So, And then what happens is you do this little short video, and you can email it to yourself. So that's kind of fun. Oh, wow. Well, we're all kids at heart, that's for sure. If you ever get into the Chicagoland area or you get into northwest Indiana, because for any reason you have a permanent invite from Michelle and I to come yes. see the mascot. Uh, Hall well, I appreciate that. I definitely will stop by. But before we get to our final questions, who uh, is your favorite mascot and who's the fan favorite? Well, I'm going to go to the fan favorite because we have a great, great story. So, um, you know, recently we just had um, an induction, but prior to that, we had the vote, which was last October to get our new um, inductees. So we did a first round was like 19 finalists, and then it narrowed it down the second week to 10 finalists. So, and then we were going to announce them at our fundraiser, which was in December, our fur tie. Well, during this last ditch effort, we we were sitting here on a Saturday and looking out the window, there is a bus pulls up and we're like, oh, wow. Well, unbeknownst to us, it was the Indianapolis Colts fans. Wow. And they, <laughs> there's probably maybe, what, 30, 40 people here off this bus with signs standing outside saying, vote for blue, vote for blue. <laughs> so they just went above and beyond. And they drove up from Indianapolis, which is like a two and a half hour drive. Um, when we announced it at our fur tie, they had such a big, big presence here. Um, they didn't know, you know, who was going to win. But man, as soon as we announced him as our our winner they went nuts they had banners already they just they were they were spectacular so to see that to see the love of you know um of uh they have for their beloved blue was just was really great stumping for blue yeah I'll, i'll put it to you another way at least from my perspective in the seven years that i've been engaged with this endeavor i have not met a mascot i haven't liked and, and, you know, because you, you, you kind of know your hometown guys and girls better than, you you know, the out-of-towners. And you don't see the out-of-towners, you know, you know, all that often. But when we're out on the street, when we're doing a performance, when we've got a big collection of mascots, every one of them to a person, every one of them has been absolutely delightful to work with. I can't I can't stress that enough. I get to be sometimes behind the mascot where I'm looking at the crowd and you can see the kids light up and the teachers light up and the parents and the grandparents, especially disabled children where the mascots target them for love and affection and a camera opportunity and the big hug. So I know this sounds a little bit like a cop out, but you know what? I love them all because the way they've treated us here and the way they've treated the people that they entertain has been absolutely off the chart. I honestly, God, I can't pick one that I'd say, okay, this, you know, they're all really, really good. And it just, uh, you know, I'm a grandfather to four kids. I've been married to the same girl for 
almost 50 years, and so I've got this great family history, and our grandsons are here all the time, and the way they get treated by the mascots is terrific. So, you know, I look at this place as a businessman. I look at this place as a husband. I look at this place as a grandpa. I look at this place as grandpa mascot. So, I, I you know, I, from from my perspective, they've all been terrific. Well, you couldn't get a better story than that. All right, it's time, time to go. Y'all ready for this? Three and out. It's time to go three and out with Al and Michelle from the Mascot Hall of Fame. It's three lighter questions to close out the interview. All right, for the first one, we're going to hit with you, Michelle, because you said you were the green worm. In your opinion, what is the toughest part of being a mascot? Um, being able to see. <laughs> <laughs> That's you are important. Very- you're very limited. You're very limited. You only see what's in front of you, and that um, that can be a little scary at sometimes because people are coming up to you from all sides, and so you don't want to knock them out. <laughs> That's why the handler is important, right, Al? Yes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, very much so. All right, number two, the Mascot Hall of Fame was founded in 2015 by David Raymond, the original Philly fanatic. Is that the most recognizable mascot in history? Uh, if you talk to Dave Raymond, he'd tell you, yeah. <laughs> uh, the fanatic is uh, very recognized. I, I, I would say, you know, it's it's probably a tie with the fanatic and the famous chicken. Remember the San Diego oh, chicken? Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Movies, movies, everything. Right. So they're they're kind of like one, two, but I'd say they're, they're in a virtual tie. Do you agree with that, Michelle? I would, yes, definitely. All right. And finally, I'm a foodie. The hall is located in Whiting, Indiana. And what and where can you get the best food? Oh, there's a lot of places. Well, that's Michelle's question, so I'll, I'll just... Well, start. you know what? I, I need in both. July, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but in July, we have a pierogi fest, which is a three-day fest um, right downtown on, on 119th pierogies. Street. So we are famous for our pierogies. We get over 300,000 visitors in that three days. So I would say pierogies, but we've got, oh, my gosh, we've got beggar's pizza. We've got some uh, tap rooms. Uh, we've got every different kind of almost ethnicity. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a, it's a lot of hometown cuisine. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we are literally located on Lake Michigan. So if you look out, if you go to the third floor of the Mascot Hall of Fame and you look out to the east, Lake Michigan appears, you can see down, downtown Chicago, we are literally as the crow flies about nine miles from downtown Chicago, you can see the buildings. Uh, there's a spectacular lakefront park here. So it's really the, the vista that the Mascot Hall of Fame is situated in is gorgeous. Uh, anything as good as your alma mater, DePaul, in Chicago there, uh, Al? How about some pizza? Is there anything that replicates the pizza, hot dogs, or the beef and cheese? Uh, I'm a Chicago boy, so you know I'll just, I'll, leave it, I'll just leave it at that. I, I'm a Blue Demon. My wife's a Blue Demon. Um, Although he goes to Arnie's for hot dogs yeah, every day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't. I mean, I'm still, you know what? I, I'm still waiting for either the Blackhawks to call me to play left wing or the Cubs to call me to play third base. The phone somehow never rings. So, but I'm a Chicago boy. All right. Well, I won't keep you just in case they call. We've been speaking with Al and Michelle. They are both from the Mascot Hall of Fame. I encourage everybody to head on over to Whiting, Indiana, and check it all out. It sounds fantastic. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for inviting us. Yeah, it's been delightful. 
Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary.